0: Hello and welcome to Counterculture, I'm Peter Whittle. Now, as we draw to the end of 2020, uh, we've had a hell of a lot of new, rather grim buzzwords this year. We've had the new normal, we've had build back better, whatever that means. But the one that our viewers seem to be most interested in and want to hear about most is the great reset. This is something which actually has already been announced by the World Economic Forum, but actually how planned is it? What actually is it? What does it entail? Who's behind it? And how seriously should we take it? Uh, I'm very pleased that today we've got two people uh, very um, well qualified to talk about it. Uh, first of all, James Dellingpole, who has been a, a great guest on this channel in the past. James, of course, is a well-known columnist and broadcaster and host of one of the best podcasts out there, that's The Pod and joining us from poland we have ben sixsmith who writes for quillette for spectator usa and for the critic um, welcome gentlemen thanks very much for joining us um first of all uh james uh the great reset this is something which is sort of quite open and out there this was something a, a term used by the world economic forum well, quite some months ago um c- can you yeah actually just explain what it what it actually means not the people behind it so far we'll talk about that but actually what is the idea of the great reset um well to cut to the chase it is
1: it is technocracy and technocracy is a totalitarian political philosophy uh, in the way that fascism is and and communism is and Marxism is and and um, Nazism is the, the the USP of technocracy is that instead of evil dictators or or um, or central committees, the decisions over your life are made by experts, let's call them technocrats, a, a sort of unelected elite. Who will decide every aspect of your life, in a way not unakin to the Chinese social credit system? You won't have you won't have any property. It will be allocated to you by this benign elite, depending on how well you behave yourself. Um, the amount of energy you use will be rationed according, again, according to their their dictates. One of the one of the fundamental one of the pillars of technocracy is the idea that um, we need to move away from a money based economy to an energy based economy. And this is why uh, it is so intimately bound with the green movement mm. that that I, I suppose the reason that I find this easier to grasp than a lot of people is because I've been studying this kind of a thing, this kind of thing for a long, long time. Mm. And I realize now that um, the last decade or so with environmentalism is just another facet of this, um, the, the technocratic master plan um, this year. This year, green issues have mutated into into covid 19 which of course is a completely engineered engineered scare which has got nothing to do with epidemiological reality Mm -hmm. Um, they've managed to turn a kind of routine into something so important that we should destroy our economy shut down small businesses enforce arguably compulsory vaccines this is this all aligns with the with the great reset plan and it's happening at an accelerated rate now under cover of the the oppressive measures that have been introduced by governments supposedly to
0: deal with this terrible viral pandemic uh ben uh, it's fairly right to say isn't it that sort of The march to the technocracy is is one of the features of our time, is it not?
2: So it's definitely a feature of our time as uh, technology and the ability to systematize the kind of data of our lives and our behavior becomes more advanced. Corporations and governments are making uh, more use of it uh, to make money or to control us in particular ways that they find uh, beneficial either to them or to us
0: i see uh james who who were the guiding lights behind the great reset um well i suppose klaus
1: schwab is one obvious candidate for sort of um the evil mastermind the kind of he even looks a bit like blofeld all he needs is a persian a white persian cat to complete the picture uh-huh. um he's got this sort of sinister well i mean i suppose all german accents strong german accents sound sinister to uh to english ears <laughs> but he does have one of those and he founded the world economic forum in in 1971 and he's been believing this stuff all along so it's not this is he's had plenty of time to gestate his his evil master plan he he probably got the idea um or at least yeah he got the idea from somebody called David Rockefeller, and David Rockefeller was was one of the heirs to the obviously the the, the Rockefeller Standard Oil fortune, Um, and in I think again in 1971, um, David Rockefeller with Zbigniew Brzezinski founded the Trilateral Commission, which is the organisation whence a lot of this Great Reset stuff um emanates um the trilateral commission has some very high-powered figures in it i mean the entire jimmy carter cabinet were were members of the trilateral commission so was um george hw bush and and george w bush so it's these people have been at a high level of influence for for decades Mm -hmm. and they've been able to infiltrate uh or manner of um influential positions notably when it comes to treating ma- treaty making so that a lot of the a lot of the kind of international treaties which we now we, we think of as as you know part of our our world were actually like trojan horses for the great reset or whatever you want to call it i mean it has different it has different names the fourth industrial revolution is another one build back better is one of its slogans uh the new normal is a kind of colloquial way of putting it we've we're being asked to to put aside our to to forget about the old world that we enjoyed before covid19 we've now got to get used to this world where where we have health passports where we have masks all the time where we have to accept that it's perfectly acceptable for the economy to get closed down on the basis of of a of a bad flu which we've never done before uh it's the great reset is happening now call it what you will it is
0: actually happening is that would you go along with that burn or not
2: i mean uh i would definitely go along with elements of it uh i suppose where i might draw a, something of a distinction is between uh there's a fine line between conspiracy and kind of elite consensus So I don't necessarily think there's been a very coherent uh, plan all along. But there are definitely networks by which uh, influential people can meet, discuss, organize, and out of that uh, develops uh, these kind of uh, technocratic or corporatist ideas. So for example, I'm not sure that uh, everyone wearing masks and not being able to go inside a bar was part of any grand plan. But definitely since COVID-19, events have been exploited to push particular agendas, as uh, James says, technocratic agendas, uh, corporatist agendas. So that's definitely true. It just depends on how, uh, how much foresight you think has gone into it.
0: Is that the basic difference then for you, James? Do you actually think, you know, you think no. actually that... No.
1: I think it's a distinction without a difference. It doesn't really matter whether you call it a conspiracy or a, a, or a, a, a elite consensus. It's, it's entirely irrelevant to this, mm. to this discussion. It's, it's about what is actually happening. Who sat round a table when, or how much agency was involved? The fact is that it's happening now. One of the questions that people are asking this year is why are they doing it, doing this? Because they're looking at looking at ex- the extraordinary coordination of government policy around the world. The, the the way, for example, that that with with a few brave exceptions like Sweden, Belarus, bizarrely, um, Brazil. Countries around the world, governments around the world, are acting in lockstep. They are imposing lockdowns, even though there's no evidence that lockdowns make any difference. In fact, they probably make things worse to for, for, for COVID nineteen. They 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 prolong it. It's they prolong the period before it becomes endemic and before we build up herd immunity. Uh, they do crazy things like impose masks at the very point where the, where the the virus has has passed its past its Mm. peak and begun its its Mm. slow slope downwards and the 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 sort of the rational response to this would be to say well they know what they're doing they are they are following the science but it's clear to anyone who looks into it with any any care that they are not following the science there is another agenda there is an agenda well beyond the, the the medical one uh, and and again, you have to look at the the economic consequences. Why why are they destroying the hospitality industry? Why are they destroying small businesses? The answer is unfortunately, and we don't like we don't like to think of these things because it sounds so dystopian and terrifying. But this is all part of the plan. This at at a high level, um, supranational bodies are are coordinating to destroy the the. The, the the economy as we know it and replace it with this great reset and i fear that we've reached the point where we cannot rely on sovereign governments to protect us from this uh it's it's up, up to us the people to to know what's going on and respond quickly before it's too late before we have no more freedoms i mean my only hope in the in the very very short term is that that trump manages to overturn this election steal by biden whose slogan by the way is build back better why is that why is why is why is why is biden's campaign slogan the same as that of the great reset why is it that one of biden's first announcements as so-called President elect, not that that post has ever existed. And I think it exists largely in his imagination and the imagination of the mainstream media. But why is it that one of the first things he said was that Americans need to wear masks for the next next month? It's because masks are a symbol of of the government's ability to control a cowed and compliant populace when we wear masks. whether we think we're doing it for, for medical reasons or not what we're actually doing is endorsing the great reset we're enabling it and i fear that this is not the time to make frankly frivolous distinctions about whether it's a conspiracy or a or an elite consensus, because once you start throwing in words like conspiracy, what you then do is open the opportunity for people to say, "Yeah, it's not really happening," because we know that conspiracies don't happen. Well, I'm sorry, it is happening. It's real. It's happening now.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, when you, you you talk there, James, about you know hospitality, etc., and uh, I can totally understand this point, Ben, maybe if you can address it, that if you look at, like, Britain at the moment, um, you know, pubs are facing virtual wipeouts because of the rules. And yeah. it does seem to appear to many of us that actually, wait a minute, well, why, why? You know, if you can have people going shopping in high streets, why, therefore, would you sort of, for example, highlight pubs? Is it because you basically don't like pubs? Is, what, what is actually going on
2: here? I, I think there's definitely a huge problem when you have leads, these, these kind of large communities such as the World Economic Forum, which are populated by uh, the leaders of governments and uh, the executives of the biggest multinational. Uh, they start thinking very much in terms of the interests of those governments and those multinationals. And then the smaller businessmen, the owners of pubs, of hotels, of smaller shops, Uh, get kind of shunted to the side. And we have definitely seen through this pandemic, uh, more and more capital has gone upwards towards uh, large corporations like, uh, like Amazon. And uh, definitely we can see through uh, organizations like the World Economic Forum. uh, This is a way for them to put their interests first ahead of uh the smaller businessmen and the smaller communities
0: well you see i i want to sort of pursue this point you know the difference between as you say a conspiracy and uh, what you call delete consensus uh if i can take the cultural uh, example during Covid, we've had the most extraordinary cultural onslaught, you know, from all of our museums. We've had the toppling of statues. We've had this sort of quite openly, people, in fact, they use the word reset. You know, we've got to reset the way we look at our, I don't know, for example, our repertory, whether it's a theatre or or in concert halls. Now, the thing is, is that um, it seems undeniable that this is actually being being used uh, as a way of basically forwarding certain agendas to make sure that when we come out of it, things will not be the same.
2: There seems to be some truth to that. Uh, One thing that I think this kind of great reset rhetoric uh, does serve to do is it's a way for corporations and governments to kind of plaster a, a social conscience on themselves. So there's this very popular phrase now, woke capital where you can find kind of the richest people on Earth, you can get Jeff Bezos, posing as if he's some kind of activist. uh, Because he says that black lives matter, even when his uh, workers are urinating into water bottles, because they don't have time to go to the toilet. Uh, So this kind of uh, cultural progressivism, uh, I think is very much pushed as a way for uh, corporations, to give themselves a big, smiley, friendly face uh, in public yeah. an appeal to the kind of uh, educated and high status uh, cultural people who might otherwise look down on their business practices. Mm.
0: Uh, I know this is a very basic point, but is this left or right? Can you even put it in those terms, James? No. no it's not it's
1: it's not left or right it's 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 something else i mean one one of the points i agree with with ben on is it's not it's not communism it's not fascism it's just like them in 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 the sense that they are all collectivist ideas it's all ultimately the battle between those who want to control other people's lives and those of us who want to be to, to be left to live our lives as 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 we choose and this is this is the age old divide it's always, you know, it, it, it's 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 um, it's what it's what the Battle of Salamis was was fought for, for example, the, the birth of Western civilization. So we've been we've been fighting this battle anew uh, every every century and almost every every decade. Um, this is our in a way, this is our World War Three. This is the, the, we, we imagined uh, those of us who grew up in the shadow of the Second World War that when World War Three came, if it came, it would probably be a shooting war, and we'd all be fighting. We'd all we'd all be in um, I don't know Harrier jump jets or tornadoes, or whatever the latest plane was, fighting the Russian fox bats or the or the Chinese, whatever. But actually, this is a different kind of 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 warfare. It's 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 war without shots being fired. But in a way, it's all the more dangerous because it's more insidious. You can't always see who the who the enemy is. And it, 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 the enemy in our own country, for example, is people that we never, ever would have imagined would have been the threat. You know, cuddly, amiable, buoyant, positive Boris Johnson. He, it turns out, is very much part of the problem. Michael Gove. Clever, clever principled or or formally principled, a a guy who you thought would somehow get um, issues like the importance of of liberty has now completely sold out to this. This. And, And by the way, the guy who also said we've had enough of experts, suddenly he sold all our souls to these very experts who not so long ago he professed to distrust. Mm. um these are very very dangerous times and i think that there is a, a definite information deficit i don't think that um you know I, I i look at people on loosely our side of the argument people like douglas murray say douglas is fighting a very very good war uh with regards to woke culture the the culture wars and stuff but i don't think he's really engaged with the great reset or look at toby young again fighting a very good war on the free speech front and also on the coronavirus front but not really getting why it matters so much that president trump um gets back in because he is probably the only bulwark in the world right now uh against the the great reset i mean all the other governments you know look at look at look at um trudeau's canada look at our own government look at angela merkel um I can't believe somebody chose to Skype me randomly in the middle of that. That's so annoying. Um, uh, All the other other leaders have bought into this. And um, it's uh, uh, the point I was going to make is that it's a bit like Isaiah Berlin's Hedgehog and the Fox, that the fox knows lots of little things. The hedgehog knows one big thing. Most people are are, are foxes, they're fighting their individual in in individual theatres of of this great war, but very few people have grasped the massive, big overarching picture that green issues, COVID-19, Trump, China, the Great Reset, United Nations, Agenda 2030 are all part of the same massive problem. And until you understand that, until you go really deep down the rabbit hole, you really do not understand what is going on in the world right now. And in a way, you should you should inform yourself or shut up because this is serious. Right.
0: Uh, what would you say to that? Ben? I mean, you've you've you have written, have you not, that this is, uh, you know, that uh, this is, as you put it, just sort of something which is is it were well, just sort of happened almost organically that there isn't anything behind it
2: is is that correct to say um, I, I don't think i'd necessarily say uh there's nothing behind it i mean for example the great reset uh klaus schwab's idea of stakeholder capitalism that's his uh big idea he thinks businesses should be uh reoriented in a manner where they're not just uh creating profit for their shareholders Uh, but they're acting in the interests of everybody it affects. I mean, this is an idea he's been pushing for decades. Uh, And COVID-19 has just given him another chance to uh, throw it into the political arena, a little bit like how uh, 9-11 gave uh, hawkish people the chance to push for a war in Iraq that they'd already wanted to fight. Uh, So I wouldn't say there's nothing behind it at all. It's more that I think uh, there's less uh, organization, there's less deliberation, there's uh, different actors coming together. Uh, but definitely, even if there isn't that level of organization uh, that others might see, it's, it's still a concern when elite people are coming together in forums where uh, we uh, the common people don't really have any opportunity to uh, contribute. So I wouldn't say there's nothing behind it. I just think um, it has less coherence maybe than James is suggesting.
0: Uh, would you say that this is something, i ask you both, that you you're talking about the kind of the great research, but is this something that is just applies to the West, for example. I mean, you know, you're in, you're in uh, uh, Poland man. but I frankly, when it comes to COVID, the way that it's been uh, handled, uh, it's remarkable how many parts of the world we don't actually know very much about. I mean, I don't know, does, does, does this idea have purchase, for example, in Russia? Does it have purchase in Asia?
2: I think it's very intimately connected with uh, the development of technology. And that as the means to analyze people's lives and break uh, people's patterns of behavior down into data, uh, get more sophisticated, uh, it's to be predicted, uh, sadly, that corporations and governments will exploit it. So I think we need to ask questions, uh, not just about uh, the misdeeds of governments and the misdeeds of corporations, uh, but just how uh, we want to manage technological progress because as leaders gain the abilities to do things uh, on a greater level, uh, they're naturally gonna use it unless we protest before they have the opportunity to do so. So I think as well as just talking about ideas, we need to talk about uh, technology and how uh, we want to, I guess, channel technological progress in the future because otherwise you do end up with uh chinese social credit systems and uh i don't know supercomputers taking over the world yeah
0: do you want to come in there james yeah
1: yeah i i don't know whether you any of you have read alan bakari's book on how big tech tried to steal this presidential election big tech decided the moment that trump was first elected for his first term as president in in 2016 um big tech decided that he was never going to win again and they would they, it, it would marshal its forces and a good chunk of its uh, of its um you know uh workers and its and its its money to to to, to creating the situation where you know using its algorithms for example to ensure that slanted news stories against trump got in, in front of people's attention, especially swing voters and so on. Uh, I think that w- definitely one of the, the most urgent needs right now is that big tech gets reined in. And you're already seeing this to a degree with, for example, I think the Trump administration has just tried to, uh, said that Facebook needs to divest itself of um, Instagram and one of its other platforms. Um, holdings um, i'm quite excited about this new project by tim berners lee tim tim berners lee is, is is setting up the, this this startup which i think is designed to stop when you when you, you when you when you use the internet or whatever it's designed to stop you having to give up so much of your valuable information to the big tech companies i mean you, th- you think about the implications of that 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 Twitter and Facebook and I suppose Google uh, have this massive China style social credit system uh, enabling database on us. They know almost everything about us. They know all our dark secrets. This has given them the most extraordinary and dangerous power and also it's given them a massive revenue stream. But you think about it. I mean, no industry or no company lasts lasts forever. You know, all the think of all the companies that were around in the early days of the motor car. Very few of them made it. And and uh, you look at the companies now. I mean, uh, look, look at look at the companies that were powerful at the beginning of the 20th century. Most of them most of them count for nothing now. In the same way, I think we there has to be we have to look forward to a future in which Facebook, Google, um, Twitter, and so on. Uh, maybe even tesla do, do not have this extraordinary outrageous power they do at the moment and i think one way of doing that is to sweep away their revenue stream by denying them our information which is what they're feeding on like vampires
0: uh, yes uh, ben would you say i mean carrying on from james point there that it's, it's been quite interesting and extraordinary over this past I don't know, decade, maybe the willingness with which people actually do give up information. You know, yeah, it, it, to me, it seems extraordinary that the idea of privacy, uh, uh, for example, is something that is, doesn't seem to worry many people.
2: Yeah, it's true. I think we're just not conscious of doing it. I mean, there's this uh, term, the digital footprint, uh, but the difference between a real footprint and a digital footprint is I, I can't see the, uh, the former uh and so when we're googling away when we're watching youtube videos when we're posting our tweets and we're posting our photos we just don't have this sense that somewhere all of our information is being logged and uh, could well be used uh so it's something we need to become more conscious of and it's something uh where we need to change our behavior uh or other people are going to be thinking of ways to change our behavior for us
0: I would like to ask just uh, before we're ending, um, just carrying on really from that, we're talking about how people have given up their information, uh, although there might be uh, signs of rebellion there actually amongst some people. But uh, are you surprised or disappointed or happy or what by the way in which people in Britain have reacted to this situation? James, can I ask you first? I mean, the general reaction to covid and well somebody
1: yeah somebody on twitter um this morning quoted the the lawyer in germany in 1933 who'd looked on aghast as the german people basically surrendered all their freedoms gave everything away to this horrible new new party the national the national socialists and in a way, I see the British people similarly sleepwalking to disaster. We we have this national myth, don't we, about the about the Blitz spirit, and we have this we have our archers flicking up, flicking their two fingers at the French to show that you know that they they still got their bow pulling fingers, string pulling fingers, and uh, we we have this we have this idea of ourselves as as being suspicious of big ideas but ultimately unwilling to sacrifice our freedoms. Um, we, we, we haven't gone in for those oppressive regimes like the French have gone in for, or like the, like the Russians. We're, we're, we're different, we think. But actually, I think 2020 has tested that national myth to destruction, that we have become cowed, compliant. We've be, been very susceptible to the government's propaganda. And we've put ourselves in a position where it's, it's become very, very hard for those very few of us who are fighting for the old normal, fighting for our, our, our freedoms, to, to get our case across and to persuade people just how urgent this, how desperate this situation is. I, you know, it's touch and go, I think, whether, whether we are going to get our old normal back. I'm uh, one has to be optimistic you know uh, pessimism of the uh, uh, pessimism of the intellect, optimism of the will one has to maintain that um, I think rather than going down the Peter Hitchens route where you know it's all it's all going to be crap until we go to heaven when when we enjoy god's God's blessing i i, I, I couldn't I couldn't be that black pilled, but I do think that these are the darkest times anyone. Mm. anyone living has experienced actually i'd say it's even worse mm. than even those of the second world war you know my father um says this you know, th- that this is wor- this is much worse than the war this is this is mm. just like really really dangerous and we need to wake up to it
0: yes uh on that on that point uh ben uh it does seem at least just i have no data for this is purely anecdotal that younger people seem remarkably uh compliant there's a there's a, there's a kind of um class differential too it's, i would say that on the whole middle class kids are the ones who are masked up you tend to see them walking down the street in their masks for example you know um in a way it's not ever been actually even suggested they have to do that do you think that's fair or not i mean do you, do you think younger people seem to be uh, you think they'd have a bit more rebellion in them, maybe?
2: I mean, uh, I'm, I'm slightly less uh, exercised by uh, mask mandates than James. But if we had a if we had an argument about COVID nineteen, we'd be here for ten hours, and it would all be a bit pro wrestling. But definitely, I think uh, there's a kind of sense among young people that. Uh, being good, being self righteous as a kind of status symbol. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why we've definitely seen people who they, they take a kind of perverse pride in uh, scolding people who aren't quite as uh, sensitive as they are to the possibility of infection, people ratting out their neighbors, people shaming people on uh, social media, because there's such so much kind of cultural capital in virtue signaling and uh, showing what a good person you are. And uh, definitely that seems to uh, be true across all ages, but especially for young people because uh, it's a way of elevating yourself above other people, showing how, uh, how what a good person you are
0: i think that definitely seems to be an impulse actually behind an awful lot of the activity going on at the moment um uh james thank you very much for joining us thank you very much and and to you too ben thank you very much for joining us um thanks. and uh we will to be continued i'm sure at a, at a later date thank you very much thanks um that's thanks. it for that's it for counterculture uh, this week so we shall see you next time thank you very much bye-bye